guys, listen, welcome to another episode of Chaotic Cinema. Thanks for the memories um, and or nightmares. I think we should add that to like literally the tagline just because it'd be a long title to search. Yeah, you should just add thanks to the, for the memories or the nightmares, not memories. Okay, words are hard today for Lindsay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Yes, we are doing another episode of Chaotic Cinema. Thanks for the memories. And this episode was chosen by my sister, Lindsay, okay? Now, we were going to have her do the um, telling of the story, but it turns out that I'm the star. Um, So that's nice. I like that a lot. And uh, I just feel comfortable gabbing about anything. And Lindsay is so much better at just interjecting and saying the like the things that she's researched because I didn't do any research. I just watched the fucking movie, you know? That's all the research you need. Tonight, we are doing an episode on a cult classic. If you don't know about it, I'm sorry your parents didn't love you, but we are watching- Did Mom. ours though? Mm, no, but that's, they loved us so little that like they made us watch movies to like co-parent and terrify us no yeah yeah this one's like made for kids though so i like it this is an 80s movie that you guys might not know but you should know um it is called monster squad yes and it's it's not about a squad of monsters kind of but the main story follows children which i love you love children no i work at a summer camp i better love fucking children I love, I hate children. I love monsters, so. Yeah, yet she has three children and it's impossible for me to have kids because we Make can't it make sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, here we go. Make it make sense. God, please make life make sense. Um, yes, we are going to be talking about Monster Squad. It was made in the 80s, I believe, right, Lindsay? Yes, 1987. <gasps> oh my God, that's the year. I don't know if you know this, Lindsay, because you're my sister, but I was born then. I know that. But so we obviously didn't watch it when it came out because it wasn't very popular when it first came out. I mean, it's still not super popular. Yeah. But it did really bad in theaters. So Van Helsing is in the mansion and is trying to banish all these monsters, apparently. Um, It doesn't work out in his favor because a vortex opens. The vortex that he summoned with the amulet to try to banish the monsters. Well, guess what? He got sucked into it. Um, but that's okay because he at least left a detailed book in German for children to follow and try to help him out in this journey of his life. I don't know that he meant it for children, but the children got the book. Children got the book. And people say children don't read. (laughs) It's crazy. The mom, the very iffy mother gave it to him. Yeah, with her Farrah Fawcett hair. She had the best hair. Um, but yes, yeah, so after that scene, it cuts to a school, okay? And all its school had just let out, all right? And there's, you hear over dialogue of a principal talking to two students, okay? Now, these students are made out to be baddies, okay? Because they have files that are filled with reprimands that have happened in the past. Because of their love for monsters? Because, yes, exactly, because they're creative. You know what I mean? That would never happen at a fine art school. That would never. Not many people go to a fine art school. Yep, you have to be talented to get in. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> Everyone kidding. got into Richardson. Calm down. 
I know. And Richardson, in case you guys were wondering where we went to high school, our alma mater <laughs> is the Richardson Eagles, okay? And their colors are purple and gold. And it is one of the only schools I've ever witnessed that has like, oh, you guys, you have a magnet for arts and culinary and law and science. It's just like, how are you good at all those things? See, I didn't know any of that. I just knew that I was being forced to go there every day. So I didn't care what they had. No, I love that. What's for lunch? You know what I mean? That's how I feel. For sure. I just feel like all the time. So you get to meet the two main uh, children characters in this movie. And that is Sean um, and Patrick. Sean and Patrick. Thank you. Because I have all of them pulled up on like a like a cast I list. It. On, yeah, it's rough. Um, yes. So Sean and who? Patrick. Patrick, basic white guy names. This is the 80s. We're not inventive. You know what I mean? So, yes, they're getting reprimanded by their principal. And uh, he's showing them pictures that are in their file of drawings that they did instead of paying attention in class for the cat lady. Their teacher that has a very odd oval shaped face. See, now the thing is, is I don't know if her face was so cat like more than her hair was actually cat like. I don't know that I really paid attention to her hair. I mean, I don't think any pay anybody paid attention to her career after that. I think uh, <laughs> it was her whiskers that made her look like a cat. Yeah, she had full whiskers. No, she didn't. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, they get reprimanded by the principal and they're leaving and they are talking shit about the teacher that got them in trouble. And guess what? They bump into that bitch and knock all of her books out of her hand, okay? Um, and then they say a line, which I think is very funny, which is like, the priest said, now pronounce you husband and wife, and he allowed it. <laughs> she's not even a human. <laughs> it was so cute. Oh, because she's it. married. Yes. And they couldn't, they were shocked. Shocked. Bewildered, even. It's a good word. SAT word, Lindsay. I didn't take those either. Okay. Well, then how do you know? Because I research, because I want to sound smarter. Um, wow. Yes. So. Basically, after this, um, it cuts to a scene where you're introduced to um, Horace. And he is in the schoolyard and he's eating a candy bar, but he's being interviewed by two asshole children that are clearly the bullies. OK, they knock it out of his hand. They step on it. And then he talks back to them and fights back and calls them assholes. And then they tackle him to the ground. And guess who shows up? The knight in shining armor. I'm kind of attracted to him. Rudy? Not Horace. Yes. Rudy. Rudy. <laughs> yes. He was kind of like when I watched that when I was little, I should have known I was gay because I was like enthralled. He looks like my cousin Coulter. So I don't know. I just I liked Sean and Patrick. You wanted to fuck them? I was young. So no. <laughs> You wanted to fuck Rudy when you were, what, fucking five? Because that's when we probably watched it. Um, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So Rudy pulls up in his bike that has, I'm pretty sure it's like stereotypical, like 90s. Like, oh, it has like baseball cards clipped to the wheel. It's like that kind of like he's the baddie. He's, he's smoking, smoking cigarettes. Yeah. On junior high property, which is bewildered. No one stopped that, but you could pull these kids into your office just to talk about pictures. Nonsense. Be, ugh, gross. I hate it. We're keeping that noise in there, too. <laughs> gross. 
<laughs> but yes, so uh, Rudy is like, oh, I've seen, I see you met my friend Horace and uh, he's defending Horace and Horace is like in the middle of crying because like you have to imagine in the 90s, people were way more rude, uh, people that were uh, like overweight. Oh, they or body shamed the side. shit out of this kid the whole movie. The whole time. They didn't even call him Horace. Even his him friends fat. call him that. Fat kid. Okay. Um, no one is like as beaten down in this movie other than him, the little sister. <laughs> she never gets into anything. Poor Phoebe. Phoebe, Phoebe the Phoebe. She um, does get into the, the club. She doesn't get in. She just she did, and she them. saved the whole fucking squad, so Yeah, because she's the real MVP of this goddamn movie. Okay, perfect. Lindsay has passion tonight. Passion. Um, yeah, so uh, after this happens, uh, Horace is uh, walking home, and uh, Patrick and Sean are both walking home with Phoebe the Phoebe. And they pass by the scary German guy's house, okay? Um, yes. And they are all scared of him. He's the house on the end of the street that, like, everyone knows, you know? Like, everyone has that in their childhood. Yeah, but he looks like the least scary guy they could have picked for that role. He's, like, short, like, really, really old. Yeah, it looks like he's riddled with cancer. He just looks... Oh, my God. <laughs> he does. I'm just saying, he looks malnourished. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and so they're <laughs> passing by his house. Horace catches up with Sean and Patrick and Phoebe the Phoebe. And uh, he says, oh, my God, like, Rudy saved me today from getting beat up. Should we have him be in the club? And they all huddle up. And then Phoebe is standing in the middle of them. And they're like, get away, Phoebe the Phoebe. And she goes and stands at the fence and looks at this scary German guy. Um, and apparently, I've noticed this in the movie, she's the only one who witnesses the scary German guy actually looking out the window at them. Right, because they weren't paying attention. No, and he's like, she's just enthralled and like paying attention to this spooky house. She's younger than everybody else, so she's probably easily susceptible to spookiness. And second of all, why would Rudy, who is older than them, want to be in a monster squad? I That's a good question, because I didn't understand um, how the movie uh, correlated to Horace and Rudy being friends before this started. It doesn't look like they would be friends. I think he just saw those guys picking on him and just kind of was like, okay, I'm going to stick up for him. And then Horace was like, wow, he saved me. I'm going to see if he wants to be our friend. Yeah, I've got a coupon on menthols and he seems to love them, you know? So this will be <laughs> this will be perfect for us. So, uh, yes, they invite him over to their clubhouse, which is one of the coolest clubhouses I've ever seen, period. I mean, it looks like a clubhouse, but yeah. I don't know what a clubhouse looks like because our parents didn't build that for us. We didn't have one of those, Lindsay, so. Well, I've seen them in different movies and they all look pretty much the same. There is a lot of monster memorabilia in the clubhouse. Yeah. So I guess that's cool. Yeah, I mean, but you picture that clubhouse in comparison to Now and Then's. That was pretty blank. Theirs is pretty empty. No, theirs was pretty like, oh, it looks like a little house. It's got like columns. You know what I mean? Was it? Yes, it was bougie. But yes, they're in the their clubhouse and they're quizzing Rudy. They're like, how do how, what are the ways to kill a werewolf? And he says, oh, a silver bullet. And they're like, what else? And he's like, that's it. And they're like, no. 
And he's like, well, well how can you kill them? And he's like, uh, explosives, um, old age. Uh, they just start throwing out all these stupid things. Kids are dumb. So anyways, uh, Rudy uh, is looking out the window the whole time with binoculars. Um, and he notices a girl that's changing because, like, boys are horny, okay? And you come to find out later in the movie that that is the sister of Patrick. Yeah, the most useless goddamn character on this fucking show. Yeah, we'll get to why she's a dumpy bitch in a minute. Dumpy bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, so uh, the scene ends with Rudy being like, okay, they they all went to dinner because their mom called them for dinner. And Rudy's like, okay, so did I make the club or not? And then that scene ends, okay? Now it goes into the interior of Sean's house. And his dad is the sheriff. Okay, Um, and his dad and his mom have a lot of marital problems. It is evident. (laughs) Yes, which like our parents. Yeah, but these ones didn't like at least they took the time to like schedule a therapy appointment. (laughs) But he never went. He never went because his work called him away. He can't help it that he has a high demand job. Yeah, but he has a high demand family also and he can't just... Ignore his family and blame it on his job all the time. Yeah, something's got to give. Something's got to give. Um, and yeah, that's this. That's the truth. He ends up uh, leaving. He his son asks him for money to go see a movie, a horror movie that he's wanted to see. It's like um, I forget the name of it, but it's like the eighth installment of this horror franchise. Oh, it's Groundhog Day. Really? Yes, and it's supposed to be about some guy who with like a. I think they said an axe or a chainsaw. So it's definitely axe. not the Bill Murray Groundhog Day. No, yeah, yeah. Because we know there would be no sequels to that. <laughs> There's no way that they would make sequels to that. Um, but yes, it's basically uh, their version of a Jason Voorhees type movie is what I'm thinking. Yes. Which I think, no, because I think I'm pretty sure Friday the 13th was around. Yeah, but in movies, in movies, they don't like they don't take in mind the movie. It's not real life. They don't think about those movies while it's happening. I in, guess in this movie, those movies were non-existent pretty much because it's a movie, you know, um, and they probably couldn't get the licensing to say those movies if they were, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm still looking. Go ahead and keep looking, Lindsay. So what happens after this is the uh, the dad, the sheriff, gives Sean some money. Um, even though he's not going to the movies, what is he going to spend that $5 on? And what can $5 get you in the fucking 80s? A lot. A pack of smokes for Rudy to convince him to be in the fucking club? Maybe. 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 Um, so he ends up getting a call from work because um, it cuts to his job and there is a guy in there that's saying he's a werewolf, okay? And he's saying, lock me up, bitch. Lock me up. And no one wants to. They're just like, oh, this crazy man can roam the streets <laughs> in not a mental state that we should allow people to leave. But they just are wanting, they're pushing him out, essentially. They're just like, get the fuck out of here. Okay, so we were talking about the scene at the uh the cop station where this guy is saying he's a werewolf and they want him to- That poor guy. Yes, he- just wanted to be locked up. He did. And as soon as he, they slam him on the desk and as soon as he sees the moonlight, he has superhuman strength, okay? And throws a cop through a window, okay? And all these other prisoners are just like, this seems normal. (laughs) 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 This happens here all the time. I think he's just high. (laughs) 
No, that's what everyone thinks. And um, he ends up getting shot, but it's not with the silver bullet. So he ends up surviving and transforming into a werewolf and leaves the station, essentially. I feel really bad for that guy the whole movie. The whole time. Oh, we'll get to the end because that is the sensitive part for me. Um, Okay, so this werewolf is basically Dracula is summoning all these monsters, okay? There's an earlier scene where there are two guys that are pilots flying a plane with uh, crates in it. And um, I would have been alarmed traveling and putting this, like, going from place to place with a crate that said Frankenstein on it. Did you not read what any of the things you were carrying were? Maybe not. Maybe they, I'm sure they weren't thinking, oh, he's going to come to life. No, I know. But it's just like maybe that's why they were so spooked out at the beginning of that scene is because they, they had read what because the guys like, oh, the yeah, guy, yeah, 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 they were very creeped out. Um, and so one of the pilots goes um, to go check on it. And the other pilot says one of my favorite lines. He's like, OK, you go check on it. I'll just make spooky noises. <laughs> Which pilot would you be in that scenario? The one going to check or the one staying up? The one staying. Okay, because first of all, he probably didn't even notice that the the cabin opened beneath him until the guy ran in and told him after it. He was just cruising up there, just like driving the plane. Yeah, but it didn't even kill the guys, did it? Like they didn't crash he the didn't... plane or anything. No, okay. So, so what a fucking great story they have, though. No, basically, the way that this uh, the pilot who was inquisitive tried to get rid of Dracula, he sees a bat and then it transforms into Dracula. And he's like trying to find the bat and he sees Dracula behind him and he's bewildered because there was no one on this fucking plane except for the other two humans. It's kind of shocking. Yeah, for sure. And he is laying on the ground after uh, Dracula had like pushed him and like really just like outpowered him. And he opens the latch that Frankenstein's fucking crate just happens to be sitting on and it drops and then you see dracula hovering and then he looks at the guy and he's like okay bitch you didn't get me and then he turns into a bat and then flies out okay yeah and then frankenstein falls into a swamp frankenstein falls into a swamp but if you notice in that scene there's another crate that falls into the swamp and that crate did not fall out of the fucking plane hmm it's I didn't a, notice that, but I know it who did. it is. Yes, it's the swamp. No, thing. it's Gilman. Yeah, Swamp Gilman. No, his name is Gilman. They couldn't use Swamp Thing in this movie, so he is titled as Gilman. Oh, okay. I did not know that. And he I was just played thought... by a special effects artist. No, and you know what's funny is we referenced uh, Gilman in uh, the Scream Two review when I was saying that Jada Pinkett Smith died on the stage and she looked like Swamp Thing. Yes. That's exactly when the Swamp Thing or when Gilman dies in this movie that is what I picture Jada looking like. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well don't ruin it. We haven't gotten to that part. How do they know that they die? Well it's called Monster Squad so you assume that good wins. I don't assume anything. Yeah. Because assuming (laughs) makes an ass out of you and me. That's right. But like, also, people think this Dracula is so scary. If he was real, I mean, he's scary looking for sure, but he would have killed those pilots. No, for sure. And it's like, did you know, Lindsay, I don't know if you know this, um, but his character was supposed to be played by Liam Neeson. Wow. I 
didn't know that. Look at you coming in with a couple facts. I'm telling you, like the guy in Taken. Could you imagine him being like, I want to suck your blood. I will <laughs> you find I mean? you and I will kill you. Yes. And biggest thing, why didn't Dracula have a Transylvania accent in this movie? Was he from Transylvania? Dracula's backstory is from Transylvania. Okay, but do we know what Transylvania accents sound like except for just the vampire blah, blah, blah? I want to suck your blood. No, we don't. He barely talks in this movie, though. I mean, yeah, I guess he, he does, but... He, yeah, he is the uh, main bad guy in this movie. He's the one that uh, is conjuring all these uh, monsters to come and help him in this task to basically every hundred years, the monsters can come back and try to uh, tip the balance of good versus evil. Yeah, so there's Dracula, Frankenstein now, fell in the swamp, Gilman we talked about, werewolf... Wolfman. Yeah. And the mummy. The mummy. Um, I was always confused about the second crate falling anyways, because wouldn't Gilman already be in that swamp? Isn't he like, doesn't he live in swamps? And the shotgun kills him. I mean, spoiler alert. But like <laughs> not being in water for that long doesn't. No, exactly. He needs, I mean, it's like Ariel with her tail. You got to throw water on her. She is, she just Maybe needs his coffin was filled with water. Like an aquarium. It probably had turtles in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically uh, cuts to a scene where Dracula is in this spooky swamp area where Dra uh, Frankenstein's crate had fallen. Um, and he pulls the crate out of the water and um, has this device that is like a fucking weather rod that he puts into him as he hooks it onto his little bolts. You know, Frankenstein has bolts. I think that Dracula has control of the weather because he, it just is like, how circumstantial is this? Well, that it, <laughs> he's his master, which also is weird because Frankenstein's master is Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, yes. not Dracula, but he calls him yes. master in this movie. He does. I think it's just because he has daddy issues. <laughs> He's silly. He lost his dad. Wow. We can agree. We can understand. We can relate. I my can dad's dead. So. Oh my God. Like, okay, much so like Frankenstein. Maybe we can bring him back to life with a rod. <laughs> I don't know. I don't we'll know. We'll try Lindsay. it sometime. Lindsay, don't. Let him rest in peace. Um, <laughs> yes. So basically, uh, Frankenstein uh, becomes alive from the electricity um, in the air that uh, Dracula seems to be controlling. I don't know how the weather is shifted by him. But anyways, uh, Frankenstein comes alive and then it cuts to uh, the children. And the children are still trying to figure out who this creepy German guy is. Can we first talk about during that scene, them switching over to Sean and his dad. And Sean is watching a fucking movie from his roof. Yes. Which is so cool. I wish I had an opportunity to do that now. Well, no, yeah. Kid. It's also it also parallels to now and then because Teeny is on the roof watching. A you movie love show. now and then. I'm telling you, it's a good movie. It's one of the only movies I consider uh, Rosie O'Donnell an actress in. That's rude. What about um the one where she played the girl with Down syndrome? I've never seen this, but I want to now. I just think she rides a bus. She rides a bus. I think that's okay. the clip I saw. I don't know. Anyways, Rosie O'Donnell is an actress. Yes, and we are going into another movie. But 
basically what happens is uh, they're trying to figure out who this scary German guy is. And uh, in the conversation earlier with his mom, Sean, at his house, his mom went to a garage sale, an estate sale, and she bought him a book, okay? Because uh, she knows he's into monsters and she's being a good mom. She is a good mom, I think, of this movie. Okay. I mean, yeah. She's a good mom. She cares about her kids and her family so I, much that she... Yeah, her kids are fighting monsters by themselves and saving the world, but okay. She's too busy no, fighting I mean, with the dad to notice any kind of making, issues with her kids. Yeah. But... yeah, and she's making dinner. Okay, well, just she because is. our mom never made his dinner doesn't make her like the fucking best mom ever, the Monster Squad mom, because she was making dinner for her children. No, I mean, like, but there's a difference between making uh, rice aroni and then making something from scratch, okay? And she clearly was. And mom never made rice aroni. You know it was all Hot Pockets and Nighthawk dinners. Yeah, Nighthawk dinners. Shut the fuck up. I hated that. Go to the big freezer. You know where it's freezer burn? <laughs> Go to that one. <laughs> You're going to enjoy this. No wonder I'm so skinny. Anyways, he gets this book and he can't figure out how to read it because it's enjoyment. Okay, <laughs> it's in German. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> I have a speech impediment today. The Rosie O'Donnell thing really just got me. Um, but yes, yeah, so he's, they're trying to figure out what is in this book. Um, and then they realize uh, it's the day after that all of the, uh, the, the werewolf was at the police station, uh, that they're getting all these weird calls and his son, uh, Sean is hearing all of these conversations happen with his dad on the phone. So he hears that like these things are happening in the town and is like the first one to realize that monsters are afoot. Yeah. And can we talk about how Sean is like, like an adult in this movie, the way he talks. Yeah. Like, ta- chastising his dad about smoking and like going to couples counseling again. Again, you You care that much? (laughs) And then, like, at the end, him yelling on the phone to his dad, we're on our way to town square, hurry your ass up, or whatever he says. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, how did his dad know to use that walkie-talkie? We'll get into that. Um, But they uh, end up going, they realize monsters are in the town because Sean has made them realize this, and they can't read the book because it's in Jolman. And so they go to the scary German guy's house and um, they're standing outside like, who's going to go to the door? Who's going to go to the door? And then they're like spreading all these, they're saying all these things about him that they think he, this could be who he is. And then he's standing right next to him and he's like, actually, <laughs> and he says like, whatever they like had, whatever rumor they had said about him, he's just like, no, this is the real truth. And then it gets to a scene where he's in the house, the scary German guy, and he has a knife in his hand. And he's like, okay, guys, time's almost up. And you're just like, is he going to kill them? And he's really just cutting cherry pie so Horace can have another piece. <laughs> uh, why are you fat shaming Horace? I don't know if it was Horace. I think it was for Patrick. No, it wasn't. It was Horace. Horace sees the second piece of pie, and he's like, he acts like it was the first time he'd seen a piece of pie. I feel you don't, you shouldn't feel attacked because you're not Horace, okay? Um, but yes, so uh, this guy ends up translating this book for them and gives them a little bit of knowledge and lets them know that um, the ceremony and the incantation that you can do with the amulet kit is every hundred years. And guess what? Tomorrow just happens to be the day that it's been a hundred years. Yes. So now they have to save the world. I don't even know how old they are, but that's a lot of responsibility. 
they're in middle school. I wasn't even like equipped for anything in middle True. school. I'm still finding myself. Shut the. He wasn't even out. Anyways, I was not until uh, high school. Until a football player hit on me, and I was like, you know what? I'm down. Someone wants my dick. This is the moment. Oh uh, it's true. He was a kicker, third string, so he didn't play much, but it was just the thrill. Do you want to say his name? <laughs> nope, because I don't. Um, yeah, no, I don't want to mention the dude that messed me up for every man that I was came encountered with wow. after that. Now we're getting really deep. Yep. We're getting really deep. Um, he wanted to get really deep, but I was a virgin. Okay. Well, they have to fight these monsters. Yeah, so they have to, they're figuring out a plan to fight these monsters, okay? And so they, uh, there's a montage that happens to a really cool song. I can't remember what it is. But Rudy is um, melting silverware from Sean's house, um, the fine cutlery, to make silver bullets, okay? And each one of them is doing their own thing. I forget the little kid's name with the dog. Eugene. But the dog is helping. Eugene, his dog is a beagle, which I love beagles. He's his dog is licking the envelope that he is sending a letter to the army. Okay. Um, and it's wild. Okay. Uh, so everyone's doing their part. We met, we completely missed the part where Phoebe. No, that's what okay. I was going to go back to. Um, a, a scene right before this, uh, you see Phoebe sitting by like a lake. Okay. And it's a lot of flowers. But by her so it's very uh speaks to the real frankenstein movie where he meets a girl that's a little girl and but in this movie they become friends okay and you realize that frankenstein is not an asshole he's just a sweet sweet monster that is very misunderstood he has a scene where he goes to the kids clubhouse and they see a mask of frankenstein and he sees it and he gets really emotional because he's like people Can look we? at me and think Yes, and it's so sweet. He's so sweet. Everyone thinks that he doesn't want to be viewed as a monster. He is really kind-hearted, even though he was made from electricity. <laughs> he is a really, he's a really sweet uh, character in this movie, and he befriends probably the one who is like the youngest, the most impressionable, and she sees that he's a good person, so she invites him to come and meet the other dudes, okay? Now, when he meets them, they all run and hide behind random things in Sean's backyard, okay? Because they're like, this is a monster. We know how this goes, you know? Yeah, and he is scary. I mean, I imagine a tall Frankenstein walking up to you is probably pretty terrifying. Yeah, but Phoebe is so kind-hearted. She's just so sweet. She just invites him in and... He ends up being a crucial asset to the kids making a way to end the monsters from being there, okay? Um, they're trying to finish Van Helsing's work, for Christ's sake, okay? Yeah. Um, and so they end up going to um, the mansion where Dracula has broken into the wall and he can see that the amulet is in there, but he can't get to the amulet because it's surrounded by garlic, crucifixes things that will not let him penetrate those walls okay um and so basically you they frankenstein and the other kids come into the house to try to get the amulet and dracula is already trying to set a bomb to uh break the wall down and he hears frankenstein's footsteps 
And when he hears them, then he lets off the explosive and Frankenstein collapses behind a door. Everything falls around him. And um, Sean is really an adult in this situation. A horse is like, what if he's dead? And Sean's like, at least he was trying to help us. Yeah. He's such a, like, as a kid that age, could you imagine like finding out monsters are first of all real and that you have to save the world and still being that like level headed? No, yeah, it's, I would never have done that. I have too much ADD. That would have never happened. <laughs> um, well, uh, Patrick and Rudy are trying to acquire a virgin, okay? So they go to the sluttiest person in this movie <laughs> and try to um, see if she will help because her brother thinks that she's a virgin, okay? He has no other information that she wouldn't be. Spoiler alert. She is not. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Um, and so they get her at like a, um, it looks like a, like kind of like a old Sonic. <laughs> it's like a lot. <laughs> Not an old Sonic. <laughs> no, but oh that's God. pretty much what it is. Like a, Sonic, like a but... car hop type of situation. So like a Sonic. <laughs> okay. Girl, a Sonic. No. <laughs> no, that's not, I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't describe it like that, but. Do yeah, you? I'm just trying to let these these modern day people understand the concept of what's okay. going on if they haven't seen it. Um, okay, so they're sitting there and um, they are, they have a walkie-talkie that is communicating with Sean, but um, they can't get a hold of him at certain times because he's dealing with a fucking house collapsing and trying to get away from not just Dracula coming down one corridor, but Wolfman coming down another one. And guess what? They open another door and there's three vampire bitches standing there trying to kill them. Okay. Um, And they are placed in the middle of these three hallways and there's a statue. Okay. And Sean being the adult he is, is like, Oh, well there's gotta be a lever here. That'll get us to another place, like a secret door. And so he starts pulling on this like statue and they pull on the arm and they fall into a trap door that takes them to the basement. That is really located right next to the hole in the wall that the amulet is at. Yes. And can I say those three schoolgirl vampires, were so terrifying when I was younger. They were like the most terrifying. I think that, yeah, I'd, I'd say out of all the villains in the movie, they were the ones that I was the most like, ooh, creeped out by. Yeah, very scary. They were very scary because not only were they like high school students that had now had fangs, but they walked towards you in such like an ominous way that it like, you just felt threatened even though they were just And they were walking. hissing, like, Super scary. Yes, fucking snakes <laughs> in this motherfucker. It was crazy. Okay, so they pull the uh, the arm of the statue. They fall downstairs into the trap door. And this is when Sean can see the amulet. He isn't allergic to garlic, so he just goes in the fucking room, takes the amulet, and as soon as he gets out and says, I got it! Um, Dracula is right there and puts him in a chokehold. <laughs> it's okay. Dracula's favorite position if you listen more. <laughs> It is. Um, And so he's choking Sean. Horace is on the ground with Eugene. And Eugene is completely useless in this movie, I feel like. Um, But Horace has a piece of pizza in his pocket wrapped in foil because he has diabetes and he needs to keep his blood sugar up. I don't know. Why do you have a piece of pizza in your fucking pocket? It's just like... He was hungry. All the time. Okay, fat shaming Horace again. I thought we were past it this. Isn't. 
We are past this because honestly, Horace does something in this moment that I wouldn't have thought of. Um, it's a piece of pizza and you know, Italians, we love garlic, okay? So he puts a piece of pizza against Dracula's face. This stops the chokehold on Sean. They escape, okay? And as they're running away from the, the manor, I'll call it the manor, um, they run into the other kids that were, uh, the Phoebe the Phoebes has gotten a hold of the scary German guy and he has a uh, army fucking jeep that they pull up and she's like i got the scary german guy and then they uh <laughs> the other two roll up on bikes um and they all meet up this is the first time that their plan is actually like working out they're all together you're not scared of like what is happening to the other kids right and they plan they're planning the big show the big showdown the big show. They want to meet at the church, but the church is closed, okay? So they're like, where is a public place that we can all meet? And they're like, town square, okay? So they go to the town square, and they're traveling there. And as they're traveling there, um, the mummy decides to jump on the back of the fucking army jeep, okay? Um, they can't seem to figure out a way to get him off of there, but they realize... The what mummy is mean? such a terrible monster to pick for Dracula, too, because the mummy is worthless. What are you going to do? All, I mean, you'll eh, they unravel this son of a bitch, basically, while they're driving and he's gone yeah. for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Rudy shoots an arrow um, into a tree, but he hooks on the unravelings of the bandage of the mummy. And so as they're driving the mummy, I love the face on the mummy when he realizes that it's attached to a tree because he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and is his body just starts unraveling and um, it, he, they end up escaping. And then all you see is just the skull of the mummy, like in the middle of the road, just like spinning. I love it. But also, he's a worthless monster. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look back in this movie, he uh, the cops were called to a museum because a mummy just got up and walked away. He and, and then he he doesn't do anything. He doesn't he is, instead of like it's, except hiding in Eugene's closet and scaring him. And his dad didn't even look in the fucking closet. His dad's like, "Ooh, scary monster!" This is why he I hate parents. Turn around. Because what the fuck, parents? are garbage in this movie. That dad specifically, I feel like he was a recovering alcoholic. He just seems like someone who is absentee. <laughs> he was such an asshole walking in. Monsters, get out. Not even really taking the threat of monsters seriously. We've all seen Monsters, Inc. We know Sullivan yeah, we know could have been in that closet. Yes, that's how they enter the room. Is through and the closet. he didn't even look. He opened the fucking closet but didn't turn around. Yep, not at all. And he shuts the door and tells the kid that you're being a baby. You're not sleeping with us tonight. Get I hope over the it. mummy fucking <laughs> kills you. <laughs> yes, essentially. And so after they escape the mummy and the mummy is dead in the streets, he does not appear in the rest of the movie. That is the easiest monster for yeah, them to kill. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Movie. Like, and what would be his? How would he kill the kids? I don't know. Wrapping him in his bandages. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This isn't a doctor's office. We don't need that, <laughs> sir. Um, and so basically after this, they're driving to the town hall. Um, and this is where the virgin, um, the one who had her top off early in the movie, she is reading an incantation. She took German. We need to so back that's up. why they picked her. We need to back up. What? Because we missed the whole thing where Sean's dad and his partner are driving to the house. To their house. And Dracula... <laughs> 
they like run they're Goes about to, to the house. like hit head on with Dracula and Dracula's car like yep. disappears through their car. Yeah, how is that possible? You well, know I mean? think it's just like, oh, he's a monster. He can do that. No, I know, but the whole time his uh the sheriff, uh Sean's dad, his partner, doesn't believe that monsters are even in the city. And so when that happens, he finally I realizes think that it was before that. I think it was when the werewolf called him to warn him and said he's going to kill your son. I think that's when he start taking it seriously and so they go back to sean's house yeah, but, where dracula is yeah but the black guy was not the one taking it seriously oh, yeah, even yeah. up until then. Dra- so they go back to sean's house dracula blows up the, that tree house you love so much and then um, he comes to the front and they pull up in the cop car and then he throws dynamite under the cop car and kills his partner Yep. And right at this time, the mom walks out of the house and it cuts to a silhouette of uh, Dracula turning into a bat. And the mom is like, Ooh. well, before he before She's... he turns into a bat, he, he says, I will have your son. Which is yeah. fucking terrifying. Th- but fucking terrifying. So he shifts into a bat because uh, that's what vampires do <laughs> i don't know um but yes he shifts into a bat and he flies away and the mom and the dad sean's dad in that moment you can see the panic because sean's dad runs into the house and is trying to find his son and phoebe um this is the first time they remember that phoebe is a part of their family <laughs> you know what i mean they're like oh he said he's gonna come for our son but like where's our daughter <laughs> where is she in this moment um and so yes he blows up his uh partner his cop partner and um that's when sean's dad gets on the walkie-talkie and it just happens that his son is after a couple of attempts to reach his son his son is like meet us at town square you son of a bitch i don't know he doesn't say you that son of he, a- he just the way he talks he's so forceful that it, it's frightening sometimes yeah it's almost as if he's like another parent with his dad yes. and his mom like he's all He's co-parenting his yes. parents, really. Who hasn't uh, done that? But so the, his dad is driving to uh, the town hall with his wife in the car. They're probably panicking. They don't show that scene, but they are probably panicking in the car, wondering where their son and their daughter are. Specifically, I would be more concerned about the daughter. She will literally befriend anyone. She's made that clear when she befriended Frankenstein. You know what I mean? She'll talk to Frankenstein. I, I, I said it once before, and I'll say it again. The monster squad really did nothing. She was the one that saved it. Mm-mm. I, I, I gotta, I gotta argue this because this is where the the heightened fight between all the monsters come to the town square at separate times. Uh, there's separate scenes. They're not worth mentioning all the way because I don't want to make this go on forever. <laughs> but if you look at the kill count on the monsters um, and the kids, Rudy slaughtered. Rudy killed the vampire girls. Rudy kills the, the werewolf, and the were the wolf man says thank you when he shoots him. That's fourth ant. That's four creatures. Horus kills the Gilman, and he has the best line when the bullies come out of that whatever candy shop or arcade and say, "Fat yeah. kid, great job!" And he cocks the rifle. And he's like, "My name is Horus." And keep in mind, right before uh, he says this, he tried to get into the door for safety, and these people did not open the no. fucking door for him, period. 
So he had no choice but to shoot and kill. And this is when he gets his like redemption in the movie. He gets his like moment of glory. Okay. So at this point they realized that the slutty girl, um, Patrick's sister is not, she may have took German, but she does not know how to properly speak it. First of all. And she's not I a mean, fucking Steven, person. but he didn't okay? count. What do you mean? He didn't count. <laughs> That's literally okay. Yeah. So was it anal? That's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, so the, uh, the Eugene, this is the only oh, part he's special in the movie, is like it other than sending the letter. Yeah, and to his the dog army, is the one um, that got the bandage ready for Rudy and the truck. Yeah, but like pulling it off of the mummy. I get it, I get it. But um that's also not Eugene. It's his fucking dog. <laughs> Eugene didn't do that. His also, dog did was it. The dog with them own. at the manor? Because why are you bringing your dog in these really scary situations? That's animal abuse. The dog was yeah, the dog was at the manor because Eugene is standing next to the pond next to the manor and he accidentally, his Twinkie goes oh. into the water and he's like, yeah, he's like, a monster yeah. took my Twinkie and everyone's, yeah. So the dog was there. The dog is so obedient. that do I, I would have to search for that dog if I had a dog that was helping me in an instant like that. He would be like hiding under stuff and be like <laughs> running around. If it was one of your cats. It's just wild. No, my cats would be gone. Unless it's Wallace. Wallace would be like, oh, you're breaking in? Perfect. Pet me. <laughs> this, that's all I care about. That's all I care. Eugene suggests that uh, Phoebe, he's like, she's got to be a virgin. Is she a virgin? A virgin of what, <laughs> sir? <laughs> what do you want? Um, and so uh, the scary German guy. I've never that's what they call him. I don't think he they ever call him by his name. Yeah. In the credits, I think yes. that's what he's billed as. Um, yes, and so he ends up looking at uh, Phoebe the Phoebes, and I call her <laughs> that because I love that. Um, and he ends up getting, he speaks it to her and then has her repeat it. Which is basically um, what he was doing with the fucking dumb blonde anyway, so. Yeah, but he went into the dumb blonde situation thinking that she knew German, period. So he probably wasn't helping at the beginning and then realized, oh, this bitch doesn't right. know what she's talking about. <laughs> so we're going to move on. Um, and so Phoebe is quivering with the amulet in her hand, trying to acutely announce the uh, the incantation that it takes to open the portal um, and finish Van Helsing's like lineage and what he wants to do. Okay, so they she ends up starting to read it, and as this is happening, this is where Wolfman he's already been exploded. Um, he got in a fight with um, Sean's dad, and um, Sean put a what do you call it? uh dynamite yeah. into his belt and then but that didn't work and then that's when you realize it didn't work so guess what you liars in the clubhouse that doesn't work to kill a fucking vampire rudy was right okay um and so they end up um fighting in the midst of this this is when the mom and the sheriff show up and they realize that their kids are in grave danger of course they are because you're not being good parents you didn't look at them you yeah. didn't see what they were doing nonsense so anyways phoebe is she's killing it she's killing it don't don't <laughs> if we're not pronouncing this correctly it's because a child taught us how to do this and yes <laughs> and, we don't yeah and this is the time that dracula shows up again now what does dracula do what is the scenario that plays he's out? walking Lindsay toward Pena. phoebe as she's reading this book 
she's looking up and he's and the german guy's like don't look up don't look up and the german guy gets up like he's gonna do something to dracula and dracula like just shoots him with like a a light source of some kind that i'm I'm not sure where yeah. dracula is getting all this magic power but he's he's killing the game i mean he can make a he can make he can make weather happen. I'm just saying maybe the scary German guy fell over because he's in or remission. Or had a heart attack. Um, so Dracula <laughs> gets know. up to her, picks her up by her by her the her chin basically, and yeah. um, says, "Give me the amulet, you bitch," which I think was uncalled for. I don't think he needs to call a five year old a bitch. <laughs> and then he. He, yeah. um, his eyes turn red and his fangs come out and the actress said that she hadn't seen that when she was filming and that was on purpose that was uh, the guy that played Dracula's choice so that it was a real scream yeah. yes reaction yeah so yeah which is great because that's what I love about movies is like making we watch movies so we can escape reality we escaped reality in our childhood by watching these movies because what was happening during those times was hard for us to digest so we escaped in movies that's what movies are for so when i see things like this happen and actors take that like extra step to make it more believable it makes me appreciate the movie so much more because it's genuine fear from a child who didn't realize the actor was going to be yes so what happens after that who comes up behind dracula nick um behind dracula Lindsay, i don't remember that part. frankenstein when he has her up by the neck oh yes. yeah frankenstein Yes, Frankenstein comes over and uh, like wrestles with Dracula for a minute. Well, he says bogus. Open because bogus. Bogus. Yes, and this is when the vortex finally opens because Phoebe has finally uh, finished the yes. incantation. Okay, and um, the vortex opens and Frankenstein is trying to get Dracula in the vortex, so they start wrestling around. Okay, he ends up pushing Dracula into the uh, onto a someone yes, pushes yes. him onto it a was stake. Frankenstein. Yes, and then right after that, um, some more nameless shit happens, and Dracula ends up going into the vortex eventually. The most, the most important thing I want you to remember from this is the smartest oh God, part yeah. of the movie is Frankenstein is at the bench in the town square. Okay, he's holding on because this vortex is trying to pull him in, and Phoebe is sitting right behind it, and she is made best friends with him. She trusts him. She's she loves him. And he has her stuffed animal, in, or she has her stuffed animal, and he ends up, um, he says, Goodbye. I have to, or like, in his own way, yeah. I have to go. Yes. And she's like, no, don't go, Frankenstein, don't go. And she's it's so sad. He ends up floating into the vortex, and Phoebe throws her stuffed animal, and he catches it. And it's just the sweetest interaction of the whole movie. It shows like not to judge people just based on their appearance. She she liked him because he was sweet to her, and that's all that mattered to her. She didn't care about what he looked like. Um, and so he ends up going into the vortex. Um, but you also see a reoccurring character, Van Helsing, pop up in the vortex. Um, and he gives a thumbs up to Sean for pretty much like orchestrating all of this because without sean none sean of this killed one person and that was dracula. sean killed one person but did he but kill he dracula though the one that was like he staked him no he didn't 
but he was also stage managing the whole situation. Okay. He was like, okay. he was, he put all the thought into without him. Nobody even these monsters would have wreaked havoc and the tip between good and evil would have. Uh, okay. Like, but unbalanced. I think Phoebe deserves to be in the club. Phoebe, I'm sure after this, if they made a Monster Squad 2, she would be in the club. She'd probably be the fucking president, okay? She would, because she literally did not as much work as Rudy, um, but she did a lot of work. Yeah. She's the one who opened the vortex. But Rudy is the one who killed yeah. the most monsters. Out of the eight monsters that were in this movie, he killed four of them, okay? So he... He's just such a. I love his character. And then that's the end. They, the National Guard, show up, ask for who Eugene is, because so, somehow this paper that Eugene wrote with fucking crayons showed up to the National Guard or the Army or whatever, and they show up. And um, can somebody tell me who in what in the Sam hell's going on here? And they're like, Yeah. And he's smoking a cigarette and or a like, cigar. Who are you guys? Yeah, and yeah. Like, Sean's like. With Monster Squad. And then it plays, it starts playing the Monster Squad theme song. Yeah, Yeah, the end credits pull up, and then, uh, yeah, you you see everything uh, from the characters in the movie, and you see that the scary German guy is mentioned as a scary German guy. Now, let's talk about your favorite characters. So, or character. Okay, I think, I think, Okay. okay, I have two. I really, really love Rudy. Um, because he's a bad boy that didn't need to be friends with these kids, but in some situation he became friends with them and didn't like make fun of them. He just tried to help them out, even though he's significantly older. Yes. You know what I mean? And then my second favorite character is Phoebe because she is the most kind hearted. She opened up to a monster that everyone else would have been scared of. And without that, I don't think that they would have realized that Frankenstein was a good person and they wouldn't have that the movie okay, my favorite character was i don't know if anybody knew this from listening to this podcast but phoebe is obviously for all reasons yes. i've already said so let's talk about your favorite monster though oh okay so my favorite okay i'm thinking of the scenes that all the monsters were in and i think that my favorite monster i'm gonna sound like a sap but it's frankenstein because honestly frankenstein he's so dumb he kind of seems like somebody that has special needs but he's so in <laughs> he is i mean because he's he's made out of a man he doesn't have a proper brain he's not thinking like right normally um so, sorry that busted your gut Lindsay. but um i think that he is the one that out of all the monsters if i had to pick my favorite he'd be my favorite because he is the most like endearing he literally he his master was Dracula and he was sent to take a book from these children and instead of taking a book from them he made friends with all of them okay and I just love that I think that that I liked I liked Frankenstein but I also liked Wolfman just because I liked the transitions in the movie of him turning to Wolfman but I also um felt really bad for him because he was really trying to warn everyone what was going to happen until he turned into a wolf and then yeah. And even when he gets shot by Rudy, he says, Rudy says, bang, when he shoots him. And as the Wolfman is dying, the Wolfman yeah, says, which is, thank it's you. It's so sad. It's so sad. It's so sad. Because this guy is living in a life of like, he can't, it's like Dr. Jekyll yeah. and Mr. Hyde. Uh, we didn't mean? really talk about lines. What were your favorite lines from the movie? Because there were some good ones. Um, 
I would have to say, uh, mm, okay, I have this one's hard. Lines, you go first. And that's uh, when Sean, back at the ha- the manor, as Nick calls it, um, Sean is telling Horace to, ki- to kick the wolf man. And he was like, he doesn't have nards. He doesn't have nards. And he's like, kick him in the nards. And then mm-hmm. he kicks him and the werewolf falls. And Horace is like, Wolfman's got nards. And then my other one, I don't yeah, know why I like one. this one, but when they're fighting the big battle, uh, Rudy goes to fight the, the girl vampires. And they're like, where are you going? He's like, I'm in the goddamn mm-hmm. club, aren't I? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good line. I would say, I've already mentioned this before, but the only line I can think of that's iconic to me is, uh, go away, Phoebe the Phoebes. <laughs> it was so good. And then she just walks away, like, mm, her lip, like, pouted out, like, she's yeah. gonna step on it, you know what I mean? It just seems, yeah, that's a, a Steve Graber joke right there. He's like, oh, when Zach would cry when he was little, uh, un- our Uncle Steve would be like, Oh, like, don't step on your lip. Always <laughs> like, that. He would say, always. I remember it like it was yesterday. Okay. We were, uh, this was one of the Christmases oh, that we were at Grandma Graber's house, um, which is an iconic house. Um, and she used to, instead of buying stockings for everyone, that she could just repurpose the next year. She would just get tube socks and write in it. Sharpie our names on them. Okay. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the bottom of that sock would always be money, okay? So we were really just trying to pour everything out just to see what the bill was at the bottom, okay? Some years it was a 10. The good years, it was a 20, okay? Did our parents <laughs> was, take that money for us? It was just our life. Oh, yeah. So I'm telling you, I think that the reason we started this podcast was to talk about movies that impacted us and reconnect just because it's a brother and sister. We live far apart where these are memories that we both have separately, but hearing each other's side of what was happening when these movies were so impactful really helps us understand each other more and helps build our relationship. I know it's sappy. Good Lord. It's All right. Feeding the feeds. <laughs> it really is. And I'm telling you, but um, yeah, I think that this movie helped me in my childhood specifically because this movie is about children seeing adults not listen to them and still finding their own way to take care of the problem. And that, if I could sum up our childhood, that yeah, would be our I childhood. Agree. So, yeah, I think that's why. What is this? Why does this movie speak um, to you? Because Sean's parents, you know, you're, you're used to seeing movies where people are, you know, the parents are perfect and especially kids movies. They always have really great parents. Yeah. Um, and this was like the first movie I remember where the parents were always yelling and screaming and fighting. And the kids yeah. were impacted by that. Which is. Yeah, which that's that's yeah. most of people in America. Most people have families that do not get along. That's well, no, nobody but is I, like June Cleaver. I, I you don't know think I mean? that. Pa- that families put up with the kids don't have to put up with parents fighting all the time. My family, I mean, I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but my kids, we don't fight in front of my kids. My kids can't hear us fight. We don't fight. So I don't think that that's a normal yeah. thing to like be screaming to where your kids can no, hear yeah. about all your marital problems. Yeah. But every family has those yeah. marital issues or fights that happen. I think 
that because of our childhood and things that we've gone through, we've learned how to be better parents than what we had. Um, and I think that's just a normal thing that a lot of people, if you, if you had crappy parents, you tend to be very sensitive to right. what your children are dealing with. And so I think that like this was a movie that helped me escape in those times. And it's, it's taught me how to like, because of this, it's taught me how I want to, it showed a real parent and like relationship dealing with having kids and like, not really like kind of being absentee parents, their kids were out doing whatever they wanted because it's the nineties. You only had to come home when the street lights came on, you know what I mean? And so I think that this is shown like that, no family is perfect. They all have things they need to work on. It just is how you deal with certain scenarios. I don't think any of our parents were necessarily bad people. I feel like they were in, put in situations that they reacted the way they did. And because they reacted that way, it affected their children. Um, but I don't think that any of those people were inherently like yeah. bad people. If the know? movie was made now, if they did a remake of Monster Squad now... Do you think anything would have changed in the movie? Like the fat shaming? I think that, yeah, I think they probably would have. Well, no, I think fat shaming is something that people Absolutely will always not. hold they on to. Absolutely not. They cannot fat shame in the movie like that have, now. Well, now because of people's, yeah. like people would voice out their opinions on it. But I feel like everyone makes judgments based off of how they look at someone. And that right. is not the right thing to do. People have their own things going on. That is not what we're trying to promote here. We're trying to promote people understanding other people. That's literally what makes people better people. Right. If you can grow from situations, you know, people make people make mistakes and make bad judgments, but it's how you handle yourself after that situation that dictates yeah. who you are. I think they person. should make it. I don't, I think they should make a remake. A lot of people thought it was cheesy. A lot of people didn't like this movie when it first came out. A lot of people said it was like they were trying to copy the Goonies, which plot twist. I, I know people love the Goonies. I hated the Goonies. I think Monster Squad is a better movie than the Goonies. I've never. It's I've not never great. seen the Goonies. No, yeah, I'm not missing out on anything. I don't feel like. What uh, monsters, if they remade it now, what monsters do you think would be in the movie? I have my first suggestion because times change and okay, kids yours? become scared of different things. I think. Ew. I think Slenderman. That's too scary. Uh, these. <laughs> no, I think that well, you have to you have to revamp it for the kids nowadays. Most kids are like not scared of fucking werewolves. I don't know. I think shit, a vampire know? would be good. I think people still are into vampires. I think, I don't know. I like the classics. Although, maybe a zombie. Zombie? Maybe a zombie instead of mummy. Yeah. Um, a witch. Yeah. Yes. Why do we not talk enough about witches? I grew up my whole seventh grade year not having friends. And during summer vacation, I would watch the VHS of the, the craft, craft over and over. Okay. It's, it's, I love it's, the craft. I just don't do like the lead podcast. girl, Nancy. <laughs> She's too weird for me. She creeps me yeah, out. she is very. Yeah, she. I feel like she only gets cast in. She, you know, she does a uh, TV show now where she um, has talked about her personal. No, I didn't even know she was still alive. Haunting her. Fariza Balk. Wow, that's, I think that's her name. Yeah, but a witch, 
Dracula. I think yeah. Frankenstein and Werewolf are still good options because people know them. I think you can get rid of Swamp Thing or Gilman and uh, the Mummy. Because, like I said, the Mummy was useless. Even if it was yeah. fighting in the final battle, how would it do anything? Yeah, you could replace them both with the zombie, which is pretty much a mummy. And then Slenderman, which I think Slenderman is super creepy. And I don't that think, Lindsay but that's like, no, it's a kid's movie. That's too scary. You don't want something too scary. I'm thinking a witch, you know, classic witch. Yeah, but kids. Zombie, Dracula, Frankenstein, and Wolfman. Slenderman is like yeah. Michael Myers. It's like a, it's not a monster. It's like a. Uh... Yeah, but kids. There have been murders. Yes, but there has been murders that happened because of Frankenstein. That's what I'm saying. Like that's they're not even in the same category. Yeah. I can't even think of other monsters. There's no ideal monsters you could add into this. Like, you know what I mean? They really should, but I think people are just um what I've noticed in movies recently is they tend to remake a lot of things. Okay, which is fine. But where are the new ideas? You know what I mean? Like, we can't keep remaking things from the past and, like, putting our own spin on it because we're not doing anything new. We're reinventing something that has already happened. Like, The Wizard uh, of Oz becoming... Disney is big on that. You know All I mean? their live-action like, cartoons or, like, making Dumbo live-action. What are you doing? <laughs> no, yeah. And I, I think it's just, like... And they've remade Spider-Man, like, fucking... Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man in the span. No, I know, but it's just like I can't get into those movies because in the last ten years you've had three different Spider-Man. You can't. You don't watch Marvel. I don't drive that. I'm not. Nick is. Nick will pull me to the theater to watch these movies, but I just don't get into it because there's too many superhero movies. I can't get into it. Thank you all for listening. So next week on Chaotic Cinema, thanks for the memories and or nightmares, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite movies from the 90s. It's um, Don't Tell Your Mom the Babysitter's yeah. Dead. Do you, or don't do tell you know the mom, movie? The or? Dead, or Arma? I don't know the title, but I do know the fucking it's movie. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yes. Okay, so I just needed to leave out the like R or your. Okay, cool. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. It's a really good one. It's got Christine Applegate in it. Um, and it's one of the few roles, it's early in her career, that she is uh, not leaning 100% onto comedy. She's okay. like the ingenue. Like a business person? Do you know what the like ingenue a... is, Lindsay? <laughs> <laughs> no, the ingenue in like musical theater or any stage production, the ingenue is like the um, the frilly girl interest, the one that is like stereotypical, like uh, okay, the the love interest in the movie. That's what an ingenue yes, is. See, we're learning together. Isn't that great? It's fucking learning. <laughs> But yes, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Lindsay, for doing this with me. Honestly, this was your idea. And I love that we're doing it because we're going to talk. I get to watch a lot of movies on nauseam that we loved in our childhood. Well, this so I great. respect you for that. <laughs> yeah, I wish our relationship was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Bye. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Chaotic Cinema. Thanks for the memories and or nightmares.
It's pretty much official. We're just going to add it. Um, Please tune in next week when me and my sister argue for another hour and a half about the movie Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. It's a 90s classic, so tune in if you like bickering. Have a good day.